There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. All right, I'm in a great mood. I enjoyed a wonderful Thanksgiving day last week. It wasn't just a great day. My family actually celebrated a Thanksgiving weekend. On Thursday, in particular, we took about an hour to give thanks. Each one of us thought about one thing we are grateful for in our country, one thing in our family, and one thing we are grateful about God. Everything is not perfect in this life, nor in my family, but I do have plenty to be thankful for, and we had a good time just talking about it. I hope you took some time to be thankful last week as well, and didn't spend all your time eating cranberry and pumpkin pie. Although, nothing is wrong with that. There's a verse in Proverbs I've always loved that says, The righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul. And yes, the year-end holidays are upon us. So I hope to do my share of eating as well. Now, I don't consider Black Friday a holiday. Sorry, all you shoppers. But I do love Christmas and the whole December season. We get out decorations, and just two days ago, my daughter hung lights on the bushes outside. Do you realize that this is the only time of year that we get to hear hymns played in the stores? I love that. I love the nostalgia that comes with Christmas. I love the stories. When I was a kid, I loved the whole Advent calendar thing, where I counted down to the days when I could open up my gifts. Yeah, the presents. Now, I wasn't always that covetous kid that couldn't wait to get the loot. After all, I had been taught what Jesus had said. It is better to give than to receive. Better to give than to receive. You know, that verse was hard to comprehend when those red and green packages were just waiting for me under the fir tree. Or was it my age, my maturity? You see, today I'm a dad. And you know what? I'm not getting any comic books for Christmas anymore. I'm not getting a new digital watch from my grandma. I get things like socks and underwear. Or maybe I'll get a can of nuts from the dollar store. So I get it now. It is better to give than to receive. Maybe you have your own experience that would verify how giving is better than receiving. But I think I've got an insight into Jesus' words. You see, the receiver of a gift gets all excited about this new possession. But the giver 
experiences a joy as they watch the excitement and the gratefulness that he or she generated by giving. That joy is like treasure, and it deepens as you realize that your act or your sacrifice was the source of it. Then again, maybe the joy of giving simply becomes deeper as we grow up. I don't know for sure, but I do know that the joy of giving deepens as we grow spiritually. So speaking of giving, the name of this episode is Rewards That Last. We know that God's gift is eternal life. But when I prayed about this title and thought about this time of year, I thought of something Jesus said. And whosoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Now I'm not about to tackle all the applications that this verse might carry. What does he mean by little one? What does it mean in the name of a disciple? This podcast is to tell stories, not to break down every theological point. But I will say assuredly that Jesus credits the act of giving and clearly says that the result is a reward that can't be lost. If it can't be lost, that means it's going to last. Rewards that last. Think about it. What Christmas presents have you received over the years that have lasted? So going back to Christmas, my family has taken lots of pictures over the years, but one of my favorite Christmas gift pictures that I have didn't even come from my family. This photo was sent to me by Shadi Galatea in Malawi back in 2012. That's right. 12 years ago. Now, I've been working with national preachers in Africa for almost two decades. So I get a lot of photos. But this one is unforgettable. It's a Christmas Day photo. There's no snow. There's no eggnog. There's no idyllic manger scene. In this photo, there's no tree. There's no stockings. And, and no, I don't mean that the Grinch got there. This photo has a bunch of children, and they've all been gathered together with all the gifts they got that morning. Yep, you heard me. They're showing off all the gifts they got for Christmas. And that's what makes this photo so special to me. You see, 2012 was the year that we started Harvest Hope Home. We didn't name this Harvest Hope Orphanage because these children are living in homes with real beds and with real mattresses and with real mothers and fathers. And when December rolled around, they celebrated a real Christmas. And some of those children heard about the birth of a Savior for the first time in their little lives. And you know how happy they are in that photo? The grins on that photo are priceless. They are so happy at all the gifts they got. Because you know how many gifts those kiddos got? Balloons. You heard me right. Balloons. No rollerblades. No video games. No little toy trains. No little toy drums. No brand name clothing. Only balloons. 
Actually, it's possible that each of the children might have got a piece of candy as well. But by the time the photo came along, the candy was gone. But not the balloons. The irony of it all is that we don't even think of balloons as presents. Balloons are sort of the decoration at a party before the presents come. I mean, think about your family's reaction if all they got for a present was a balloon. If I got a balloon, I'd want to trade it for those dollar store peanuts. But not these little orphans. They've never seen balloons before today, and they are so excited. The little boy named Blessings looks like his cheeks are going to pop from his smile. Little Manessi came to Harvest Hope home, so malnourished, she just laid listless on a straw mat for several days. She's a very shy girl, but in this photo, she's peeking around Regina, happy as, happy as, I don't know, happy as an orphan with a Christmas balloon. <laughs> Regina, who is not nearly as shy, seems to be rubbing the balloon on her hair. Over to the side, Pempero has neglected to look at the camera. He is intensely flossing his teeth with the balloon string. Pampero means prayer in the Chichewa language, and I have often wondered why his mother named him this. We could never ask her, for she died when Pampero was pretty little. Before he came to Harvest Hope Home, he was living with an auntie and eating nothing but wild mangoes and wild mushrooms. In the Christmas photo, he looks well-fed after only three months of being at Harvest Hope Home. This photo is the icon for this podcast episode. But you know, I see something else in that photo that you can't see. I see a couple named Mike and Kathy, whose calling and vision it is to save fatherless children. They raise the money for the homes to be built for these children. I see couples, Lytle and Susan, Bill and Judy, who share the vision of regularly supporting these children because children have needs every month. Food, mosquito nets, school uniforms. I see a girl named Morgan who gave the name Harvest Hope Home. I see dozens of people who have given their time and have come to the Harvest Hope Home to serve these children and to change the future of these who were once abandoned or destitute. Austin and Sarah, Mary, Sarah Grace, Isaiah, Martha, Mateo. The list is longer than I have time to recite. But I am confident that the Lord is keeping that list because he's got a reward for the giver. Maybe you give your time to the Lord. Maybe you give your money. Maybe you only give a balloon or a cup of water. Whosoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. You don't need me to tell you about the vulnerable children in Africa, but just for an insight where Harvest Hope Home is located, we were told by the social services that there are over 20,000 vulnerable children in that region. Now the term vulnerable qualifies anyone not going to school, or living in a single-parent home. By that definition, 50% of America's kids are vulnerable. But there's no doubt about the needs and the poverty in Africa. 
and a person could look at a place like Malawi in despair, or one could look at, at it as an investor's paradise. I mean, what would you give to gain a reward you cannot lose? Andy and Lisa are givers. I met Andy and Lisa at Camp Dwight in Oregon quite a few years ago, and they greeted me with, Mulebwanji! That's hello, how are you? In Chichewa, the most common language in Malawi. Lisa and Andy were on a short-term mission trip to Malawi in 2005. At that time, God impressed on them the need of Malawi's abandoned and needy infants, and they already had God's heart to visit the fatherless in their affliction. It's a long story how they moved their family to Malawi for a year and a half, how God brought the right workers to help them, buildings, land, licensing, and adoptions. But God led them to develop the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery. Today, Andy and Lisa have moved back to the Columbia River Gorge. And though they are still involved in Malawi, it is actually Augustine Harawa, a Malawian, who administrates the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery. You won't find many people in America named Augustine, though I do attend church with a young man named Augustine. Augustine Harawa came from a typical broken African family. He had several brothers and sisters when his father decided that he wanted a younger woman and deserted the family in hard straits. Augustine learned English and from there worked hard helping visiting ministries with translation work. Augustine himself came to love the message of hope and grace that Jesus brought for all mankind. And Augustine became one of those translators who, in interpreting, actually says twice as much in his own language so as to make the message hit home in his culture. Augustine has been faithful in the administration of money at the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery. If it's not in the budget, it's not in the budget. And that's hard for some Malawians to accept. But diapers, baby blankets, clothing, and the all-important baby formula are in the budget for the sake of these little ones. Since its inception, the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery has saved over 200 babies, many of them newborns. Bridget was one of those. Bridget was left abandoned at a daycare. The daycare worker called the police and told them that she had a baby that no one picked up and she didn't have funds to feed her. The police came, although somewhat grudgingly. Where were this baby's relatives? Who had originally brought her to the daycare? Inquiries came up empty. The judge excoriated the nursery worker for not trying hard enough to find Bridget's family. But eventually, God had a family find Bridget. Remember when I said Andy and Lisa are givers? They gave their resources and their time, in fact, years and years, because they adopted and raised Bridget as their own. I've met Bridget. Today, she's a bright, healthy young lady living in Washington State. There are more stories to tell, but again, I'm confined to one episode here. There was Mpazzo. Like Bridget, he was one of the first children to come to the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery. He was adopted by German parents who have a business in Malawi. And today, Mpazzo speaks English, Chichewa, and German. Little baby Innocent was barely four pounds when he came to the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery. 
Most of the nannies were afraid to touch him for fear he was too fragile. But Innocent got bathed every day, got good nutrition, and he thrived. The majority of these babies' mothers have died, some at birth, some soon after. But some of the babies are simply abandoned. Just a couple of years ago, they found little Chisomo Hope in the bottom of an outhouse kind of pit. Some of the village women heard a baby's cries, and they went over and dug him out. He was covered with human feces. But they cleaned him up pronto, and he was in otherwise good shape. The crisis nursery provides for most of these children and nurtures them up past toddler age. As they move into advanced stages, a distant relative is identified who can care for them, and they return the children back to their home village. Aunts and grandmas are happy to care for these children, but the crisis nursery meets a major need in getting the babies the nutrition and the care that they need in the early stages of growth and development. In recent years, a foster-parent kind of work has begun in Malawi. And just this past year, that little boy, Chisomo Hope, was placed in a loving home like this after living two years at the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery. Oh, did I mention that Chisomo means grace in Chichewa? What a great name, Chisomo Hope. People often ask me if adoption is possible, and it is, though the law limits potential adoptive parents to people who have lived a year in Malawi. Andy and Lisa and Gospel Inc. are trying to help the national preachers and nursery workers to develop a follow-up ministry to the villages and the families of children who have been saved and are now returned to their home villages. It's one thing to save people's lives, but we care about their souls as well. Souls are eternal. Souls last. My socks don't last. Those nuts I'm going to get in a few weeks don't last. I do have to say that I've seen a few neckties that seem to last forever. But what gifts are you going to get? Or better yet, what gifts are you going to give this year that will last? I'll be straight with you. The Mizuzu Crisis Nursery needs support. Would you consider giving a year-end gift to this work? Harvest Hope Home is trying to build a high school so that we don't have to send our children away to a boarding school. You could give a one-time gift for that. Here's a bigger challenge, maybe. Would you consider a monthly ongoing support for one of these orphan ministries in Malawi? Hudson Taylor was in America for a season. And one night after he had preached about the great need to reach lost souls in China, the pastor stepped up and said that he wanted to take up an offering. Hudson Taylor actually stopped him. He explained that no, he wasn't looking for money, and though the ministry demanded money and needed money, he would rather people search their own hearts as to what they should give or what they should do. It wasn't a ploy. It was actually a great spiritual insight. The next day, a wealthy businessman contacted Hudson. The businessman told him, you were exactly right. I was going to write a nice hefty check to assuage my conscience at church last night, but you prevented that. So instead, I have spent a sleepless night wrestling with God, and I am convinced he wants me much more involved. You see, that man would have written the check, 
felt like he had done his duty and gone on. He actually wrote a check that was multiple times more than he had planned on sitting in the service. And he stayed in touch and he continued to support the China Inland Mission. That's a great story to me. And I trust that these stories I'm telling you are not just filling your cup up with encouraging news. I hope they're leading your heart to enjoy the things that God enjoys and to value the things he values. God designed the gospel and it's going out. Jesus gave us the Great Commission and we ought to support national people carrying it forth. One of our main charges as the church is to care for the widows and fatherless. These things are not in the news, but they're happening all over the world. Today I've given you some snapshots of Malawi. There's over 60 children at Harvest Hope Home. Little Ethel was found in the bushes four years ago but today she's learning at Harvest Hope Primary School. Every month, little ones are being turned over to the Mizuzu Crisis Nursery. We cringe at the thought of little Hope Chisomo being pulled out of a dung pit, but today he has a happy home. Babies are being saved. They're being nourished. They're being held. Orphans are growing up in families that disciple them. Remember that photo where I mentioned blessings holding his balloon? I just got a photo two weeks ago of that same boy. He's a teenager now. And the photo that I got was of him teaching a Sunday school lesson. There are still orphans in poverty, I know that. But I'm looking at them not with despair. I'm looking at them as rewards that will last. It's hard to explain all that is going on in caring for and rescuing orphans in Malawi. I've tried today to talk about two works with which I'm involved, but honestly, a picture is worth a thousand words, and you really ought to check out the pictures on the webpage, Cup of Good News, cupofgoodnews.org. You can see Bridget when she was little, and you can see Bridget when she was adopted. If you'd like to contact Andy and Lisa, I've posted their email address on the website as well. There's a photo of little Hope Chisomo. There's a button that will link you to a video of some of Harvest Hope Home's history. And you know what else there is? There's a chance for you to give something that will last. If the Lord lays on your heart to do a monthly contribution, email me at dean at cupofgoodnews.org. That's D-E-A-N at cupofgoodnews.org. I'm not against the temporal. I'm going to do some shopping this month. I'll eat my almonds, my peanuts with pleasure, and I'll wear my socks. But you know, when you think of all the stuff we have and all the stuff we use and all the money we spend and waste, I'm so glad that God gave us opportunities to lay up treasure in heaven. That, my friend, is good news.